Mark, uh, neighbours become good friends and uh, there's a chance to buy into Ramsey Street. There is, there is. It's the first time ever that they think that a property in Ramsey Street um, is going to sell for over $1 million. So it's actually Pinnock Court in Vermont South and this house that's hit the market this week is number five. So it's not very far from the Nunawading Studios, which Channel 10 first started filming the show at. The Nunawading Studios still has the, um, the Lassiter's Cafe set up there. So the Vermont South House that's just hit the market, um, yeah, they're expecting just over $1 million for it. So that's going to be the first eight-figure deal in Ramsey Street. It's been known on Neighbours since 1985 as number 28 Ramsey Street. Uh, when I last watched the show, this particular house was occupied by Des and Daphne, but uh, later I've heard uh, Carl and Susan Kennedy lived there. So uh, that, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Every couple of years there seems to be one come on the market. So uh, the producers still film regularly in Pinot Court. And there's, and there's always bus tours going on there. So the, the vendors of this house um, paid 68000 for it in 1978. And um, it's expected or, or what, what, it's expected that one particular investor in the UK who's bought two of these houses over the last 20 years, that he's probably going to put his hand up for this one as well. Uh, he paid 238000 for number six Pinot Court in 1998. That was the house of, um, of Harold and Marge and Henry, which was uh, Craig McLaughlin. And then in four, five years ago, I think he paid uh, 867000 for number three Pinot Court, which was Toadie's house. So uh, Harcourts is taking the latest one, number five, to auction next month. Apparently, the agent Judd White's been fielding a lot of international inquiries, so he wouldn't be surprised if it sells to someone there. So one to watch in Melbourne's, in Melbourne's uh, sprawling east. So are you saying because it's the home of Ramsey Street that uh, that's why the international interest and, um, you know, it'll, it'll push the price up? Yeah, in this case it will. We did speak a couple of weeks ago about whether whether streets and houses with celebrity pulling power can increase the value. I think this is definitely one of them. Um, so, yeah, the, I, I suspect it will be above the market. If it was in the next court over in Vermont South, I don't think it will achieve as much as, as this one. So uh, this Andrew Whitney's bought them as, um, as, as, as trophies, I guess, and he also runs a bus, a, a, tour, a tour for neighbours. And, uh, which is much more popular in the UK than it is down here. And Bill Shorten buys and sells in his electorate. And uh, he's also been in the news this week, you know, with that uh, ALP um, findings, but uh, busy on the property front. Yeah, that's right. It wasn't his personality that lost the election. So, uh, yeah, no, he's bought a home, a family home in Travancore, which is uh, a really nice and historic part of Ascot Vale, about five kilometres from the city. Interestingly, the house is in the same street where another former ALP leader, Arthur Corwell, lived for most of his life. There's a park in Travancore at the corner of Mangalore and Kashmir Street named after Mr Corwell. Um, Mr Shorten's new home, is, it's pretty nice. It's five bedrooms, fully renovated, a few lounge areas, big backyard, a swimming pool. Um, he's paid $3 million for it in, in early October. It's only been on the market for 12 days. Um, so what's happened now is that he's put his uh, outgoing Mooney Ponds home on the market. That's also five bedrooms, but it's a bit smaller on a smaller block. It's in Eglinton Street, which is um, one of Mooney Pond's nicest streets. It's elevated and tree-lined and um, it's near Puckle Street and it's got the Maribyrnong River at one end and it's not far from Ardmillan Road, where a house sold a few years ago for nearly $11 million, which is a record. So Bill Shorten paid 842000 for his Mooney Ponds house. Uh, it's expected to go for about just over $1.55 million this time around. Uh, Brad Ayres, Jealous Craig, is taking that to auction. So he, uh, he sold the Travancore house to Bill Shorten and now he's selling the Mooney Ponds house for Bill Shorten. So uh, Bill's got a bit of time on his hands to uh, take a bit more notice of his um, property assets. <laughs> it does. It's a bit of, a, it's a, bit of a, a sliding doors moment for him. I expect that he wanted to be at the lodge right now. So, um, yeah.
So we'll, we'll see. But Travancore's not a bad spot to spend your days. It's pretty nice. Now, Shane Wilkinson, now he's done really well with pace. And uh, I suppose, uh, well, probably won't be up um, for this uh, Christmas season, but he buys a huge block uh, down here in Sorrento. Yeah, that's right. Well, it'd be, uh, that's right. It's an interesting one, this one. The vendors didn't want to sell it to a developer. And in a way, they have sold it to a developer, but Shane Wilkinson's keeping it as his personal house. So um, the vendors refused to budge on price too. They, they had it on the market for $4.5 million. It's an enormous 7,500 square metre block in, uh, in Westmore Avenue in Sorrento. So by pricing it at $4.5 million, the, the story goes that it was, it was priced too expensive for builders to make a margin by putting townhouses on it. So it kind of only opened up the market to prestige home buyers. And um, after five months, yeah, Shane Wilkinson came forward and put his hand up. So he's um, expected to build a family compound there. It's a pretty nice spot. It's not very far from the beach. Any double-storey development on the block would, would capture water views. Um, yeah, it was sold by another uh, another businessman, Australian finance group, Malcolm Watkins and Peter Kerr. Uh, my understanding is that they intended to build a big house on it but never did. So, yeah, the vendors were adamant to sell to someone who had a vision of keeping it for personal use, and, and, and that's what happened. So, interesting. Now from Shane to a bit bigger celebrity uh, or a bit bigger celebrity names, and that's the Hemsworths, and uh, back to Byron Bay. Yeah, that's right. They've, they've come a long way from Ventnor in Phillip Island. Uh, coincidentally, the Hemsworth and I used to own a, a, a house on uh, houses on the same block there, but um, they've, claimed, they've climbed way higher up the property ladder than I have. So Chris Hemsworth, of course, is, is just finishing a $20 million family home uh, in Broken Head near Byron Bay. Um, there's been images posted this week on a few of the media outlets about a skateboard ramp that's just been built beside the house. So what happened last year is that the family, the Hemsworth family spent $4.3 million on, a, on a house in Suffolk Park, which is um, also in the area, and that's rumoured to be for the parents. And this month um, it's been reported that Chris's brother, Liam, uh, has also bought a house in the area for $4.25 million. So Liam is also an actor, um, recently broke up with Miley Cyrus. Uh, Miley Cyrus made uh, made it to the Australian property pages a few years ago when she tweeted about an objection to a subdivision of a Ventnor farm which was near the Hemsworth's former family home. Uh, but, yeah, Byron Bay is continuing to uh, position its, itself as, uh, as the, the, the spot for Australia's uh, rich and famous. So the Hemsworth now have, have got a, about $30 million worth of property there. I wonder what their favourite restaurant is and uh, you're more likely to uh, see a Hemsworth when you're walking down the street of Byron Bay. <laughs> well, I've noticed that in some of the people who have been commenting on it on social media. It's like, if I don't see a Hemsworth when I visit Byron Bay, I'll be angry. So that might start being the case. So, yeah, that might open a restaurant there. Who knows? Now, it has been residential that we've been talking about, but, look, one of my uh, favourite pubs is Bridie O'Reilly's uh, in Brunswick and there's some uh, news happening on that one, Mark. Yeah, it's about to be very upclassed, I think. It's not going to look as seedy as what you oh. might remember it. So, um, oh yeah, Australia, it's kind of a residential story too. They're building a seven-level apartment complex on top of it. But um, Australian Venue Co. has just signed a 10-year lease to occupy the space that was um, in the Sarah Sands Hotel, which was formerly occupied or which was last occupied by the Irish pub, Bridie O'Reilly's. So the pub closed after the building clo um, sold in 2015 for $6 million. Um, and then, yeah, the airspace is now permitted to make way for an apartment building um, so this month, Peregrine Projects, which is the owner of the site, has leased the retail component to this uh, hospitality operator. So it'll be interesting to see what they create there. I think the fit-out is going to be a lot more polished than, than Bridie O'Reilly, and there'll also probably be restrictions on what kind of trading hours they can operate at now that there's apartments above. But, um, yeah, it's always a, it's such a, I always find myself at that kind of corner, so I think it'll be interesting to see what goes there. 
It is annoying, though, when you just mentioned the um, training hours. I mean, you know, you can understand, but then again, it's the vibe with what's going on and people want to be part of, say, the Brunswick area, the Richmond area or the Paran area, um, yet, uh, you know, they want uh, training hours to stop. But, uh, you know, you buy into that for that vibe. Yeah, exactly, exactly. The people of Fitzroy kind of have the right idea. A couple of years ago, they actually, there was a house that was for sale across the road from a pub. And the locals just put signs there on auction day and all during the inspection saying, you are across the road from a pub, you are going to have noise, don't buy this house if that's going to be a problem for you. And um, yeah, it hit, hit, hit the spot. So I think that that will probably start happening is that the majority, yeah, it will always be a bit of a battle. Um, I think there was a famous case with the isn't it Luna Park in Sydney where they pull up, Luna Park was there and they put up all these apartment towers next to it and then the apartment owners complained about the noise and they had to close the hours of Luna Park. So... Yeah, it's an interesting one, but um, I, I, I agree. There will be it is it would be a bit annoying if you're an, a, a, a hospitality operator and you've got to factor in you know eighty or hundred residents above you. And um, what else has been um, you know happening this week? Uh, say that we've got to watch or watch out for. There's a lot happening in commercial property. Well, as always, tends to happen around November. This is a, this is always the busiest month, I think, for deals being closed. Um, but there's a lot happening in commercial in commercial circles. We'll talk about that at the next podcast. All the big names, Charterhall, Stockland, every, everyone's closing deals, buying and spending hundreds of millions of dollars. So um, it seems to be the, – the, the, there's been a couple of reports that the residential market's kind of slowed down a bit, which is what you and I talked about, that after the election it had a little bit of a spike and that um, everyone who's, who was waiting has kind of bought something. So the room, there's been a few reports now that the last three or four weeks has had a, a big slowdown in residential um, and, and people inspecting. So it'll be interesting to watch with residential next year whether um, it goes the way that you and I have said, which was that there was a spike for a little bit this year and that next year it will settle um, or whether it will continue booming. Mark, you're on top of your game again. So. No worries. Speak soon. Have a good one.